Hello, welcome to another episode of Flying High with Flutter. I'm your host, Alan Wyma. Today I'm with Alicia uh, Orga. Well, I'll let you go ahead and introduce your last name because this is the one name I have a problem with. Uh, she is a Flutter developer based out of Poland. She just came hot off of the ending of October. You had a DroidCon track, and I saw your talk, and I wanted to bring you on here to talk about Flutter. Full, so it's full widgetry testing in Flutter. Welcome, Alicia. Would you mind to say your name for us all? Yes, uh, I'm Alicja Ogonowska. As uh, as you said, I'm from Poland. And uh, recently I was able to give uh, my talk about full widget tree testing, both in uh, DroidCon London and also previously in Flutter Vikings Oslo. So you gave the same talk in two places, is that right? Uh, yeah, exactly. So Oslo was the, the first one where I uh, actually applied and prepared everything just for that. And uh, then afterwards, when it was announced that uh, DroidCon will also have a full Flutter track, uh, I was asked if I could give the same presentation again. So I just, you know, polished it. And uh, yeah, actually, I think I did a bit better uh, during DroidCon, especially with the talking, because uh, Oslo was my first time uh, presenting something uh, to a big uh, audience. So, of course, I was super stressed. And uh, in London, I was, you know, a bit more relaxed because I, I knew more or less how it should go. And uh, yeah, so if you want to watch the talk, probably use the DroidCon uh, one. Uh, also, because this is uh, already published, while the Flutter Vikings video is not out yet. But uh, I can say that, uh, yeah, probably it's slightly better set. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of curious. Like, do you ever feel like it's cheating if you use exactly the same material to present at two different places? You don't feel cheating or, or kind of being lazy that you use the same thing, or do you feel it's okay and normal? Uh, well, for me, it was of course easier because uh, after giving my first talk, uh, my initial thought was okay, I probably don't want to do it again because it was super stressful for me and I also prepared a lot. So uh, probably it would take me a longer time to decide to come up with another talk. But when I was asked, would you like to give the same talk? So it's, you know, much less effort for me. And I agreed. And this the second time I enjoyed it much more. So in the end, I thought, okay, I really like this. I can think of some other uh, topics. And uh, yeah, for me, it was a great boost. But uh, is it cheating? I don't think so, because, uh, you know, there are different people uh, viewing different conferences. For example, in London, the DroidCon was all about Android. So there were mostly Android developers, because uh, I suppose not many Flutter developers from around the world would travel to London just to see one out of five tracks. So probably it was more of uh, people from, from England or other Flutter speakers. But yeah, I think it's uh, good to give it even many times because with each time you improve something, you get better and also you get to interact with people. So as for me, the more you say it, you, you get to reach to, to a bigger amount of people. And that's what we want, right? To spread the word and educate people. Now, what kind of guys you started to actually create this talk? Because I think, I can't remember, was it you and another colleague of yours or was it your, the colleague of yours that came up with the idea of full widget testing? Uh, because somehow you you gave the talk, but I know you gave a lot of credit to to her, I believe, right? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so exactly. So in my in my current project, it's uh, Flaconi. So it's a German beauty e-commerce app. Uh, since over uh, one year, Natalie Mas Hooper joined. She was previously working with Google and British Airways. And one of the things she introduced to, to our team was exactly this. So full widget tree testing. And uh, she was the one who did the initial setup. So when I came up with this idea for this talk, I asked her if it's fine if I will present it because this is not my original idea. But I wanted to share it with people because we are doing it in our team. I also enjoy writing those tests and whenever I talked with my flatter friends from other companies they seemed interested and wanted to to know more so I just wanted to share the word and uh, Natalie was uh, kind enough to to say of course go spread the word and that's how I ended up uh, doing the presentation and giving the talks. Now you find this to be so stressful I mean was it just really the desire of spreading the knowledge that made you overcome your fears and want to take the step to present it? Or was, yeah, or, or you kind of drew what we call draw the shortest straw, where you got kind of got pushed into presenting this. I'm just kind of curious about, based on you kind of saying that you have a bit of a fear to present, how come you still gave the talk? Well, it started with another colleague of my team. She shared that there is a Flutter Vikings call for papers and maybe someone has an idea. And my initial thought was like, what could I talk about? Um, I'm not an experienced presenter, so I don't have any talks given in my history. And then at night, somehow I just came up with this with this idea and I decided to give it uh, a try. So after I, I found out that my colleague is fine with me presenting the, the topic, I applied. And uh, to be honest... Uh, I I was waiting for the results and uh, I thought that either way, whether I will be accepted or not, I will be happy because if they won't accept me, then, you know, I don't have to do anything and I can just go on with my life. And if I will be accepted, then surely it will be a challenge, but maybe I will enjoy it. Now, when you got accepted, what was the first thought and feeling that came to you? Oh my, what did I do? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah but... that's what I had the feeling of. <laughs> I can imagine like, okay, I probably want to get selected. You get selected. Oh, man, why did I sign up? Is that kind of like the thought came? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got this uh, feeling a bit. And uh, then actually I applied for the winter edition of uh, Flutter Vikings. That was also supposed to be in, in Oslo in February. But then last minute, I would say it was turned into an uh, online event. And I also had to to cancel and uh, move this presentation to to the September edition, so I had to like reapply for that, and and then again I, I wasn't sure if I will be accepted again, and just uh, the same as previously, I had this feeling deep down inside of me. Oh, if they will not accept me, then yeah, I will also be fine. But in the end, I am glad that I got accepted. That uh, right now I am after two big conferences, and uh, who knows what the future will hold. Now, I'm kind of curious, who invited you to give the same talk in Droidcon? Uh, it was Majid. Oh, Maj- okay, that's right. Majid is one of the one of the talks, right? He gave his talk about security, I believe, right? Yeah, he even gave two talks. So, yeah, yeah he did a lot. Yeah, he was, he and I think Simon Lightfoot were responsible for handling the, the content of the uh, Flutter track. And he reached out to me whether I would like to go to London. I think it was uh, one month before. And I say... I checked my calendar. I said, yeah, why not? And and this is how I ended up there. Oh, that's awesome. 
I kind of want to go back a little bit to talk about your your history, right? Because I always love to hear about, you know, why should we listen to you? Now, what got you into to programming to begin with? Okay, this is uh, actually quite funny because I started uh, as an architecture student and uh, I really didn't like it. And I even ended up thinking, okay, I'll just finish my five years degrees and then I'll just do something, something else. And I had some friends uh, because I was part of a student's organization who did the same and they started making websites. So I thought, okay, maybe I will do it as well. But then somehow, I don't know, I saw somewhere a book about Android development and I thought, hmm, mobile apps also sounds fun. And because I wasn't, you know, that old, I was still able to change my studies and I just went to computer science and did the full master's degree there. And just this is how I ended up there. Because to be honest, in high school, I was kind of kind of hesitating between going to computer science, but I was already taking uh, drawing lessons for architecture. So I thought, okay, I prepared for so many years, like I can cannot waste it. So instead of wasting like three years of drawing classes, I wasted five years because yeah, I studied for two, but in the end it, uh, I think, pay, paid off. Now, does that come in handy though, right? Because now you can kind of sketch out what somebody's proposing to do, right? They say, I want this. You can kind of sketch out what that looks like. Has it ever come into handy? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Maybe I'm not a graphic designer myself, but probably I'm a bit more, uh, you know, sensitive to, to designs that some than some other developers. So for sure, it wasn't a completely wasted time. But yeah, I'm glad that I uh, switched. And right now, I enjoy it uh, much more. Your first kind of programming, was that straight Java with Android? Because that's what I kind of hear. Yes, exactly. I started with Java because back then Java was the, the language for uh, Android programming. And then when Kotlin appeared, I also moved to, to Kotlin. But I mean, Java kind of makes you tear out your hair, right? I mean, Android programming, I don't know, how, how long ago was this that you started working with Android? Maybe was it Gingerbread or do you know which version of Android it was? Yeah, it was uh, 4.4. So uh, I think oh, it's KitKat, Lo I KitKat, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's quite some time ago. Yeah, because we're at, what, Android 18 or something? We're at, we're not, not Oreo or whatever it was. Oh, I don't know what the heck. We're at Pi or something? No, we even passed that one. It's like every week there's a new one or something. It's been a while. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that, that was definitely some long time ago. Things have obviously changed back then, right? If you take a look at Android development, like before you start, went on the Flutter to when you first started, like... It's gotten a lot better, right? But do you remember starting off like, what do I have to write? Like, are we, like we're talking before the show, uh, a recycler, uh, all these different things. You're just like, what am I, what am I doing? What is all this stuff is that came to your mind first? Yeah, I mean, I didn't think, oh, oh my, what is this? Uh, I have to write so much because, you know, it was the standard. It was what you had to do. So as we discussed, to write a simple list uh, with displaying some views, you had to write a lot of boilerplate. But this was the way to, to go. So when I switched to Flutter, that was the moment when I thought, oh, it can be simpler. <laughs> so before that, I didn't know that you can have you know, a better better life. Well, let's not skip to the end, right? Let's kind of talk about before you're just doing straight Android and you went to Flutter, in between, obviously you had to discover Flutter, right? So what happened that Flutter came into your life? 
Well, uh, actually, one one of my colleagues from my previous company was advocating for Flutter for a long time because he was, uh, you know, observing it from I think quite early stages. And it's funny because in the end he was the last one who actually landed a, a Flutter project in our in our team, uh, and he was stuck with native uh, Android development even though the the other new projects already started with Flutter. So it was just a, a company's decision to try out Flutter because there was a, a new app that had to be done quite quickly with both platforms and uh, we didn't have a iOS developer available. So there was an idea to, to give it a try with Flutter and I said, okay, let's let's do it. I will learn. And it worked. It just worked out and I never went back to native Android development. So, okay. So you had a colleague who was rallying for Flutter. What was he saying about it at the time? Was he just like, how can I reload it? Because I don't think, even now, I don't think Android has something similar, right? Maybe Jetpack Compose might have something. I'm not too sure. But what, what was he kind of saying to saying, well, we should take a look at this stuff. I think that this is a better way to do it. Mm-hmm. That uh, performance is uh, good. And before we had, uh, and also that writing the, the code is just pleasant to the developer because we also had some brief experience with Xamarin and it wasn't that pleasant to, to the uh, programmers. So uh, he said, okay, this is a multi-platform, but it's much better and it's uh, made by Google. So it's uh, worth taking a look because it probably won't go away so quickly. That's funny that you say the last one like that because everybody always says the opposite. Because it's made by Google, it may not stick around because they're always famous for, for that. Yeah, for now, uh, I think it looks very promising. And also the fact that more and more like serious companies are using Flutter is uh, kind of reassuring. Like uh, recently, there was a big release of a uh, uh, banking mobile app in Poland. So this gives you uh, the view that even the you know, banking, so I would say companies that really take care about quality, safety, maintainability and stuff like that, if they uh, invest in it, then uh, probably there's something in it. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. So when you load up on your computer, right, did you try it off just for work or were you just trying not to see what's going on with it? You mean with Flutter the first time? Yes, the first time, yeah. Okay, so uh, the first time it was just uh, for me, but uh, to be honest, uh, I started taking it more seriously when I knew that uh, I will have to do it. So uh, I knew that at a given date I will start project. So before that, I I started you know learning more carefully. So not just playing around, but also reading docs, reading tutorials. I think I even had a, a like a course on Udemy or something like that to, to you know to learn the the basics. And what were your thoughts when you first started to get into it? We were just like, okay, this is interesting. This is nice. You're just like, okay, this is, I like this. This is better than what I'm doing now. Or what was the thought? In the end, it was uh, in the in the beginning. It was uh, difficult for me to switch because the, for example, the way how you are uh, describing building the views is completely different than in native Android development. So in the beginning, it was weird. Okay, how how is it? you know, uh, a good thing to define the, the views in the code because I was so used to the, uh, mainly to the XMLs. But uh, I think, I don't know, after a week or or even a shorter period of time, it just felt natural. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Like, I remember making my first Android apps and I was like, okay, this is super weird with the XML because I first learned iOS. And so I was like, okay, this is nice, drag and drop, can do it all. Okay, IB connecting, okay, this is weird, but all right. 
what is this XML? We're stepping backwards. I don't think I've ever used XML so much for a long time. And then, yeah, Flutter is totally different, right? You're mixing your view code with your business logic or whatever you want to call it. It's totally a different like mindset, right? But you do gain a lot also from that too, right? Because now you can programmatically create your trees, your your view. There's no more XML. That's a big one, right? Do you mix? Do you miss XML? No. No, I don't miss it at all. Yeah, I can't. I don't think I know anybody who does miss XML from Android days. But was there anything else that really made it more attractive for you? I like the power of uh, producing two mobile apps at the same time, because previously when I worked in teams where we had Android team and iOS team, there are all, always some differences. One team struggled with this, the, the other team struggled with something different. Uh, it was hard to deliver uh, similar features at the same time. And when I switched to Flutter, I was responsible for everything, but uh, I had the power to do everything. So I didn't have to worry uh, whether the iOS team will make something on time because, you know, I was the iOS team. So uh, I was able to just do my best and make sure it is delivered as it's, uh, you know, expected to look and work like. So when you do your development for this, are you mostly just developing everything on your Android phone and then finally try it out on your iOS? Are you actually doing trying it out on both or how do you develop when you're working on this? Because you said you were the iOS team, right? No, no, no. Uh, I mean, right now I am the iOS team because, you know, uh, I'm just the Flutter team. So I do both. Okay, I but, see. But uh, yeah, I mainly develop on my Android device and then I check it on iOS device. So just, I don't know. Uh, it's more more handy because my Android device is just for work. So it's always right there near my computer and uh, my iOS device is my you know private uh, phone. So I use it for other stuff. And yeah. Now, how was the testing situation when you're in Android, right? Because this episode is all about testing. Now, did you actually do Android testing or, or not? To be honest, not so much. I remember there were some problems. I remember using Espresso, I think, for the UI test, but I didn't like it. There were always many you know, problems, probably because uh, I used to work on some older uh, projects and uh, you know they weren't written with the testing in mind. So probably many components were not testable at all. And there was no, no time or at least uh, the client was not willing to, to pay for additional refactor to, to make it uh, avail available to be tested. So for sure in Flutter, I have, I give more attention to, to tests and I'm really glad that uh, I do and also that I am able to, because uh, it's not only my uh, wish, but also the client's desire. And I think this is, uh, this is a blessing. No, wait, you're saying, is it, did I understand correctly that you're saying because testing was not so simple in Android, that's why you didn't focus so much on it? Is that what I heard? Yes, yes, exactly. And also because I, I quite often worked with some old code that uh, was written you know, a few years back. And if they didn't write the, the code with testing in mind, it was you know, later very hard to write tests for that because uh, it was you know, not testable because uh, you got errors. As far as I remember, it was hard to mock things because the, thing, uh, the, the code was quite awful too, um, too tangled. And uh, in this case, the good thing about Flutter is because Flutter is quite young, it's, uh, I think it's quite rare to, to land a project that has a long history and a long technical depth 
because you know the technology is younger itself so usually uh, uh it's used by new projects and you start fresh and you can you know just write it from scratch and then you can keep testing in mind okay that's interesting so when you write your code for android you're saying you need to write in a certain way or else it's not really easy or even possible to test at all Yes, as I as I remember, but I I haven't done any native Android development since I think three three years now. But I remember it was uh, much easier to to have you know dependencies coupled and and then it was very hard to to mock them during testing. Okay, that's 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 interesting, because yeah, I know Java's kind of got pretty good uh, testing right with JUnit etc. But I'm not too sure how much stuff could be put into android plus uh yeah running like integration tests etc are not not that great when you started your working with flutter were you guys writing tests from the beginning or was it something that after you became comfortable with flutter then you started to look at because you had regressions mm -hmm. okay so um in the project that i'm currently with there were um there were there were tests, so I can say that there weren't any. When we were writing unit and integration tests, then a QA engineer joined, and he is responsible for writing integration tests. And then my colleague uh, Natalie joined, and she said, "Okay, now let's write uh, widget tests, but uh, we'll be testing full widget tree." And now, right now, we have a really good uh, coverage. And uh, because there were some parts of the application that weren't uh, covered and we needed to make a big refactor, we decided to go with the full widget tree test just to speed up the process a little bit because with them you get to uh, test a lot of code at the same time and cover for the use cases. So test it from the user's perspective. And after that, when we reached uh, the desired uh, code coverage level, we could make uh, a big refactor and uh, just to give you an overview, it's an e-commerce app and we refactored things like cart, prices, product, and actually didn't have any, any big issues after that. So I strongly believe this was because we were, were well prepared with uh, our tests for that. So let's go start working into the full widget tree testing, right? It's definitely a mouthful to say, um, <laughs> but I, it does basically describe the process, right? Could you briefly describe what is full widget tree testing in just a couple of sentences? Mm -hmm, of course. So it's just a widget test. That's why it has a widget in its name. Um, but I use a full widget tree to make sure that everyone understands that it's not about testing small widgets in isolation, but the whole app widget tree. So basically in those tests, you run your whole app every time, every time you test test something. So instead of just um, testing, I don't know, uh, login form, you you build your app, you click on the login button, and then from, from then you can start writing your tests as you would do with a normal widget test. Mm, and I think with this approach, you can say that uh, it's a bit like integration testing because you also run your whole app. But instead of using the the real API and networking, you you mock your whole um, API part. So you uh, actually test everything up to a uh, network response layer. Okay. So this is just basically a widget test, right? Because I'm trying to remember, of course, there's unit tests. You have, so this is just when you, you have the initial Flutter application, you already have a widgets test. That's basically what it is, right? 
-hmm. but you're testing a lot more than just making sure there's widgets there. You're making sure that if you tap on something, then something else happens and then something should change about the widget tree, right? Yeah, exactly. So uh, I would say for some widgets, it it makes more sense to just uh, test them in isolation. If there is uh, a lot happening inside one screen or widget, then just, you know, go ahead and and test it as a normal widget test. But if you have something more complex and you want to test it as the user would, uh, would use it, then a full widget tree test is quite useful. For example, recently it was useful to to test like navigation from the uh, deep links, and there was a lot uh, happening because uh, for each deep link you had to uh, extract the the data from the from the deep link. Uh, for example, if it's a product, you need to get all the details about the product and navigate the user to the product details page, etc. And I think with a plain widget test you wouldn't be able to to test it. And uh, with such a test, it's much easier to make sure that the navigation is working fine, that the user is navigating to the right screen, that if they will go back, they will go back to the right place, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, you can test more of like uh, user flows. So that's why I uh, also mentioned integration test because this is quite similar. You test from the user perspective. So user doesn't know if if they should test a widget, uh, you know, uh, login form, they will open the app, click on the login button, and uh, do their actions there. So this is what I try to recreate recreate in such tests. Okay, we have a question from the audience. He asks, "Does it make sense to consider widget testing as unit testing?" Yeah, uh, if you write plain widget widget test, then I could agree. But uh, with this kind of uh, testing that I am describing right here, I think it's uh, not a right uh, description because you are not testing a, a unit. Uh, so uh, for the full widget tree testing, I wouldn't agree with that. Okay. Yeah, uh, because if I remember correctly, integration tests, you have to actually have an emulator or a phone running and doing all the stuff. But what you have is basically just a straight widget test. And I'm not even sure what that actually does. I guess it just somehow renders something somewhere where you can, I'm I'm actually not too sure, but do you know how that works in in comparison with the two? Yeah, so it's uh, widget tests, the plain widget tests and full widget uh, tree tests are not, uh, do not require any emulator on our device. And uh, it's rendered by by Flutter, but you don't you don't see it, so it's happening behind the behind the scenes. And uh, the bad thing is uh, that you are testing your views, but you are not able to, to see them. So this can be uh, sometimes quite uh, tricky. If the test passes, then it's completely fine. But if you if it doesn't pass and it should, then finding the the issue can be quite fun. But this is exactly what happens in just plain widget tests. But the good Good thing is uh, because this doesn't require a device, it's uh, super quick. So uh, you don't have to worry that you have to build the app each time because uh, it doesn't require much time. And uh, you can write many tests, many use cases, and the the execution is uh, really quick. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. I don't think I've ever written an integration test. Do you guys actually run integration tests or not? 
Yes, yes. So I, I don't write them. I sometimes I just edit them if uh, a change uh, in the code that I made is, uh, you know, making them fail. But we have a dedicated uh, QA engineer. So he's not only doing manual testing, but he's also writing integration tests in uh, Flutter. Okay. So when would I want to choose an integration test over the full widget tree testing or even the other way around? Yeah, we have both. And I think this is a good decision, but we have discomfort that we are uh, able to do so. So the client also wants to, to have it. One thing that the integration testing gives you is uh, it also integrates with real API, usually on a staging environment. So sometimes it lets you catch some changes on the API. And I've seen it uh, quite a few times because we also have a, a web project. And this is the you know the main the main thing. The mobile app is uh, like the, the the smaller client. So sometimes there were some changes that uh, we weren't clearly informed about, and actually integration tests started failing. And once we started checking, okay, something changed in the in the API. So this is um, like another level of making sure that uh, everything in your system is working. So if your uh, backend is first deployed to staging and then to production, you have this moment where you can spot some changes or errors happening uh, there and uh, make sure they are not deployed to production before uh, you know you are aligned with them. Okay, interesting. Yeah, that does make sense. I've heard integration tests. I've heard of different things where, to me, integration tests could also mean that you're working across all everything. So like your full widget testing. I would consider that one to be integration testing, but I, I, I see what you mean, actually integrating with a real system, right? Mm -hmm. That's how you treat it as, okay. I've also heard that also called a smoke test. I'm not too sure why, I guess, because if something did break, I mean, you'd see smoke coming out of it. Okay, here we go. This is a good question. So same same audience members also asking, do you test full widget tree or do you have separate test files for similar subtrees? So I guess this means instead of just testing the full widget tree, do you ever maybe test parts of it all by itself? Mm, I'm, I'm not sure if I uh, get it clearly, so I will uh, talk about uh, it a bit. And uh, if it's not exactly this answer, then please let me know. So we try to make those tests uh, as small as possible. So uh, when you have a you know, big new screen, big new feature, we create uh, usually one file. If it's very complicated, then we uh, put it into smaller files. For example, because you are building the application each time and uh, each time you are on the same screen, but there are many different scenarios. So we have a, a separate test for just making sure that everything is displayed correctly in the happy path. Then we are checking for various error scenarios. Then we do the navigation, uh, the possible navigations to this uh, screen, from the screen, etc. So the more complex the, the screen is, the more tests we write, but we try to make uh, each test uh, as small as possible and not to test all the, you know, cases in in one test because then even writing the the test name is you know complicated like i can open the login screen and login and if i put a, a wrong password i will see uh, a hint that it's wrong so i don't do that i try uh, to keep it as simple as possible so each test uh, has a you know readable name and then if something fails you can quickly know even from just reading the the name of the test what could possibly go wrong there? 
So uh, was this the, the question about or? I think it's related. What I understand from his question is besides full widgetry testing, do you also have widget testing where you don't ch- test the full app, the full widgetry, you're just testing part of the widgetry, maybe being a little bit more exhaustive about it. That's what I think his question is. Okay. Yes, of course. Uh, sometimes we just write uh, widget tests. Also, there are many plain widget tests from the time where we didn't have the full widget uh, tree tests. So we just maintained them and, uh, you know, kept them as, as there is. I think especially for the uh, forms, uh, it's quite useful to just uh, write the, the tests on their own and focus on, on all the validations uh, there. Yeah, and also still we are taking care of unit tests. So uh, with this approach, uh, I won't be saying, okay, now just drop everything and write only full widget tree tests because they are the, the way to go. I think the, the best way to go is have a diverse set of uh, tests and then you can actually sleep uh, good at night because uh, you know you, you know you have uh, covered uh, a lot of code and uh, if anything goes wrong, you will be alarmed. Okay. Now, the next question that he also has, which I think is a really good question, is how do you actually organize your test files? Because now you're not only just testing the full widget tree sometimes, you also have your subtrees, as we call it, right? The smaller, more focused widget testing. That's not the full uh, widget tree experience, right? How do you actually organize your tests? Okay, so yeah, we organize them by folders. The the folder structure is uh, the same as the folder structure for the code itself. So it's divided into features. And then inside uh, features, if we have a screens folder, then this is where we are having the full widget tree testing. And uh, if you want to uh, test for a plain widget, then you put it in the widget folder uh, inside the folder structure. Okay. That makes sense. But I think another part of what you do actually relies upon using Gitit, right? Isn't that kind of a secret sauce for how you do for what you're tree testing? Absolutely not. I just used it for the app for my presentation, for my talks. But uh, in our project, we we use a different solution. So it's completely irrelevant. Sorry, I was kind of curious. So for me, I mean, Gitit is the solution for dependency injection within the middle of your trees, right? How else can you uh, inject what you want to inject? Because even in your your demo, right, you're replacing the the what you call the network layer, the the DO or DIO library. How would you do that without something like Git? It or you're actually using something similar to Git? It. No, no, we are using something similar to Git. It. So in in the project we have uh, Kiwi. So it was a decision made by I don't know uh, some developers that. Uh, don't work anymore so I won't advocate for this uh, decision but uh, yeah I think anyway you need something similar to Kiwi or get it or anything that will let you you know handle your uh, dependencies so uh, without that I agree it I think it would be hard to do it I don't think I've ever heard of Kiwi I'm you're gonna make Thomas very upset if you're not using get it you know that right yeah, we are really, I don't know who will listen to that, maybe a maintainer of Kiwi, but I think we have replacing Kiwi somewhere in the in the backlog, so. Okay. I've never heard of Kiwi, so I'm interested to see what it's like. Uh, maybe, do you mind to tell me what's the difference between Kiwi and Git? or are they just so similar that they're kind of replaceable? 
Uh, I would say they are very similar. So it's basically you, you just have to register your dependencies and uh, you know that's it. So for the tests, uh, you can uh, decide that some dependencies, instead of using the, the same uh, classes that you use in your actual code, you can just use your, uh, your mocks and, and that's it. Okay, this is an interesting question. I'm not even sure how you can answer this one. Yes, how does widget tree testing go with the state management? Yeah, I'm not sure if I understand this question, but in full widget tree uh, testing, we are uh, not thinking about the the state management. If I understand the question correctly, so uh, I, I'm usually usually using block, and in full widget tree tests, I don't care if there is a block or not. I think in the in the setup, if I need a block, then I need to use a block provider, of course. But that's it. And uh, inside the tests, uh, you are just expecting to to see see something on the screen. And uh, you are not interested if it was provided by uh, block, by Riverpod, or whatever you are using. Well, I guess even Riverpod, right? Everything is still kind of connected to to the tree, no matter what, even because it has provider scope at the top. So yeah, I can I can see that. But if you are uh, making the full widget tree test, then you are actually pumping the same widget that you are using in the run up method. So you have everything you should have everything that you need already there so inside the test you don't you shouldn't have to worry about the state management so is there any widgets that you actually do end up turning off when you're running for widget tree testing or really it's it's just straight like you pull on the app because i saw your example was like constant return app or sorry return constant app but there could be some things that you do end up turning off i'm not too sure but really it's you're turning everything yeah, yeah. I, I'm just uh, thinking. So, for example, in in my like professional uh, project, I think we have uh, some stuff before running the app, like setting up Firebase, and this is excluded. So, so stuff like like this, some third parties. Yeah, I think so. And for example, yeah, when you are using the Get It or uh, or Kiwi or whatever works, sometimes you can also you know exchange some classes. Like if you are using some third-party providers that uh, you don't want to interact with them because, I don't know, like for the deep, deep linkings, uh, I was using the URI package, I think, something like this. And uh, because uh, it was um, impossible to, to test it, I decided to write a wrapper around it. And for the test, I was just using my own mock and it was easy, you know, to mock, okay, this deep link appeared, another deep link appeared, uh, etc. So I think if you are writing such tests, uh, you can also improve your app architecture and, you know, abstract the, the stuff away and don't rely directly on some third parties or even the native plugins. Okay. Um, going back to the the question about uh, state management and full widget tree testing, uh, the reason he said he asked is because sometimes there's some cases where some UI decisions can occur from when you read something from the block. Okay. Like for sure, what I can tell you is like we have for one app, what we do have is we have like, um, so we have different environments, right? We have a staging, what we call, and we have a production. And when we're developing the app, usually we update the back end on the staging environment. And then the, the, the my client will be having to connect to staging to make that happen, right? And so there's a configuration block that actually has this information. And it's also important too, because what we actually do is, you know that little debug banner on the side? Mm -hmm. We actually 
have the block that actually creates that on the UI. So it says you're in staging because what actually happens is like, okay, I, can you test this? Oh, it's broken. Well, are you using staging or using production? So we had to had that staging thing in the corner. So now it's very clear where he is. So then there's no confusion. <laughs> and obviously only for staging because that way, um, you know, we don't want customers seeing production on the side. It just doesn't look professional. So I think that's what he's he's talking about is that sometimes you may be using a block to change the UI, right? That's just one real use case that we, I can give to you. So mm -hmm. that's where I believe what his question comes from. Okay, but uh, if you are just running your your app as usual, then as I if I understand this correctly, you should already have your block there in the widget tree. And uh, if there is some action happening, then it will just happen and the changes should be visible and uh, you could test for them. Yeah, I guess what you could do is you could just manually put uh, whatever you want to check, right? So in my case, if you're allegedly using staging, then you should see the banner in the corner, this kind of thing, right? That would be the way I would test that solution. And if you aren't, then you should see whatever. But that could also be a very focused widget test, right? I think you talked a little bit before, like, but how do I know, like, what should be part of a full widget tree test and what should be a more focused widget test? I would say whatever works for you, because uh, I'm not the kind of person that will say, okay, this is the, the only good way and all the other solutions are, are wrong, because I think wrong is to have no tests at all. That That's the one thing that I can agree with. And from then, I would say just uh, whatever works for you. And uh, if you struggle with uh, full widget tree testing, then I wouldn't force it. And it's fine to, to keep, uh, you know, write more sophisticated tests as widget tests, but I would just try to write some basic navigation flows or user flows to make sure that uh, the user will be, will be able to use the app uh, as it's intended to be used. I would basically sum it up as saying, have testing as much as possible. Prefer to do as exhaustive as you can. Uh, how do you say that? Uh, integration tests are good, but... Yeah, I had I had something better in my mind, but I feel like maybe you're, maybe you're better at this than me. But yeah, basically, there's there's a way that you can reap the benefits of both the integration tests along with widget testing, right? Which would be the full widget tree testing. So you're treating a, a widget tree test as an integration test without all the setup involved, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, as I said. The only bad thing is if you skip tests completely and uh, anything uh, additional to that, if you write tests, then it's uh, it's just good for you. So as for me, uh, I think it's Im important to write all different kinds of tests because, you know, they have pros, cons and limitations. And if you have different kinds, then uh, your code is well covered, in my opinion. Okay, I think we have one last question. Do you write widget tests for screens that are static? Basically, there's no different UI changes. Yeah, just to keep the code coverage at the, uh, you know, not lower it, but they are really simple to write. So once you have, you know, once you have the, the setup, it doesn't really make that much difference whether you write it as a plain widget or the uh, full tree widget. So, yeah, I, I would say I won't advocate for, for one option or the or the other. As long as the screen is tested, it should be just fine. Yeah, I don't think I have any more uh, questions. Do you have anything that you want to let people to to know? Uh, I know you do. Your presentation is up, right? It's on the JordCon website. I think you gave us a link. I watched it today. Uh, obviously, your presentation is there. 
Yeah, you, you watch yourself? I no, I uh, I didn't watch. I just wanted to hear myself because uh, in the beginning I I didn't want to listen to it because it's you know kind of uncomfortable for me to listen to my own voice on recording. But today I listened to the whole talk and yeah, I think it wasn't bad. So you can go check it out. Okay. Yeah, I used to listen to my own podcast, but then I just I don't know. I think I just stopped because it's like you. I start to nitpick it, like, "Oh, welcome. The audio's not so good here," or "Oh, I sound like stupid on here," etc. Yeah, what I want to say that if anyone from the audience or whoever will be watching this wants to reach out, then I am happy to to chat and listen to your opinions. Because after the the last two conferences, I found out that uh, people do this. They do full widget tree testing just without giving it a name. So uh, maybe they have some other ideas that they would like to share. And I'll be happy to, to know because maybe there is something that uh, I can improve in. And uh, yeah, I just think that giving it a name uh, makes a distinction so so that people know that I'm not talking about widget tests as they are described in documentation, but something a bit, uh, you know, broader. We do have, a, I think it's one last question from the same guest who's been asking all the questions. So that's that's fine. He's your number one fan, I, I suppose. What's um, his name? I'm always never good with his name. Um, I'll share with you. I really feel bad for, for always how to say his name. Are you responsible for the test coverage amount in your consultancy work? Uh, you mean responsible? So, well, whenever I write code, I try to, I always check the test coverage and I try to uh, not lower it. That's for sure. If I have time, then I try to also add some tests, but it's not like someone is saying, okay, Alicia, the, the code coverage is too low. What are you going to do about it? We have a big team and this is inside our team agreement that every team member is responsible for taking care of that. So basically we don't accept any pull requests without uh, tests. And that's it. That's good. Do, do you also have the, that whoever breaks the build is in charge of uh, doing something? I forgot what they usually do now. Like they take over uh, making sure the building is working okay or something. I forgot what, what happens. But do you have anything about punishment of people who break the build or break the test coverage? No, no, we don't. But uh, we are a good uh, team. And just without even discussing it, this is what we do. So if you break something, then, you know, we just try to fix it as quick as possible, probably before anyone notices. Okay. That's that's no fun. It should be whoever <laughs> breaks the build gets broken, I guess. Maybe I'm from a different different engineering culture. <laughs> Okay. Again, I appreciate your time. And yeah, he, he feels bad. He has too many questions. He thinks he says, uh, no, I, promise thank I don't you. ask any more questions. No, but you're very, you, yeah, keep them coming. Keep you on your toes, right? Uh, again, I appreciate your time. And yes, you guys can feel free to reach out to her. She is extremely responsive and uh, very good to chat with over Twitter DM. So I'm happy that you were able to come on and, and explain and, and talk and everything like that. Appreciate your time. On a Saturday, no less, right? You should be going out and enjoying yourself. No, it's just the middle of the day, so I still have a full afternoon. Okay, it's end of the day over here. It's about 10 p.m. right now. Sorry. No need to be sorry. It's fine. I don't mind at night. Okay, cool. Again, thank you for your time. And uh, yeah, let's see if how many more times you're going to give the, the talk and maybe you'll be an expert in this subject. We'll all be looking at you for okay, testing, thank you. testing queen. Yeah.
Yeah, thank you for inviting me and uh, surely I will be uh, thinking about a new presentation topic for the future. Yeah, it's not so bad what you do it the first time, right? Or not the second time. Yeah. I was also invited to give it uh, on a Polish meetup in Polish, so I would need to translate it. I had to, you know, uh, I couldn't accept the invitation just because of the, the date, but maybe if they will have another edition, then I can do this talk again. But after that, I think I need to come up with something new. Yeah, I'm actually kind of curious, like, because I've kind of spoiled with the fact where, I, I, you know, obviously English, American English is my native language. Is it really difficult to translate these things from from English to your native language? I mean, it will be much quicker. So when I was asked if I could uh, give this talk in Polish, uh, I thought, yeah, okay, I can just do it like really quickly because uh, it will be just about translating. And I think from, you know, this translated even in my head, uh, the speech itself from English to Polish, I think I could give it, uh, I could do it uh, on the fly. But the other way around would be more more difficult. Yeah, I'm not a native English speaker, so this is also something that is uh, stressful for me because uh, I'm giving a talk in not my mother tongue. So sometimes uh, I'm missing a word, and you know this is stressful. But I guess I, uh, if I would be stressed, then probably I would even forget Polish words. So it's interesting because when I talk to uh, Dutch people and also local Hong Kong people who do computer programming. I send them the the documentation in their language and they always dislike it. They say, please send me the English one because I guess once it's translated into their native language, it just doesn't really make a lot of sense. The terms just don't make a lot of sense. Yeah, that's true. And actually, I don't uh, read anything uh, programming related in, in Polish also because that because there are some words that you can't really translate. And uh, if you try to translate them, they just, you know, sounds funny and uh, totally not not right. So I prefer to stick to English as this is my you know professional language. So anyway, in my day to day work, I have to use it. So I try to also learn learn in English. Okay, I wish it could, I could understand what that feels like. But to be honest, I, I I'd be honest with you. I, I think I told this a couple of times. But when I moved to Hong Kong, I had to download a dictionary because some of the English over here I've never heard before in my life. Okay. So there's just different words that come from UK because of the history, right? And they also have their own way of talking too, which is really weird. But anyways, enough culture bashing. Uh, I appreciate you to come on and to talk about your talk. And uh, let's see if. We'll catch you on another another conference with a new talk. Yeah, I hope so. Thank you for having me here. It was really nice. No problem. Thank you.